0: Well, when I was thinking about this uh, particular Sunday and Defend the Orphan, I thought to myself, you know, I can, I can preach a biblical message on the responsibility for caring for orphans because the Bible says that's what true religion is all about. And I would have no problem uh, presenting a biblical presentation, uh, uh, a message on uh, providing and, and supporting and defending the orphan. But then I began to think that it would be much, much better to have someone to speak today that has actually walked down this path personally. Pastors Krista and Sean were foster parents to two little boys. And they brought these two little guys into their home and they treated them as their own And I I was so proud and I'm still so proud of them and the investment that they made in this ministry. And so I thought, listen, I'm going to ask Pastor Krista to share in this uh, uh, Orphan uh, Day ministry and emphasis I told her yesterday, I said, Krista, and if you don't know, this is my daughter. And I told her, I said, Krista, since you're going to be preaching tomorrow, I said, I'm going to take you to lunch. I'm going to, I'm going to spring for lunch tomorrow. And I said, I said, Krista, I said, how good you preach will determine how good you eat. And she said, well, dad, you better get out your credit card. All right. I don't know where she inherited her confidence from, but would you give it up? My daughter, Pastor Krista, as she comes to minister today.
1: Yes, I got all of my humility from my father, right? (laughs) We all know there's not a lot of it. know. I'm so excited to get to share with you guys this week in the third week of our global impact. And man, hasn't this series, Love Your Neighbor, been so powerful and just, man, inspiring. I have been so inspired as week one, we talked about um, one of our missions here at the Grace Place to care for needs and and how we get to partner with ministries like uh, Convoy of Hope who go and do disaster relief and and give food to people in need and, and water wells and all these things and because you know what it's not enough to just care for um, people spiritually but we believe that as we care for tangible needs then we will have the opportunity to then share Christ because you know what sometimes people can't hear you and they can't hear Jesus over their hungry belly or over their need or over their trauma right and so we get the opportunity to partner and to care for needs. And then the second week we talked about our other mission, which is to plant churches. And man, wasn't Pastor Ryan, wasn't that powerful how he shared that they are planting, we are partnering with them to plant thousands, not hundreds, but thousands and thousands of churches in places where honestly churches aren't even legal. Church, the people there are completely unreached. They can't even say the name of the countries or the places that they're in because it's so dangerous. And yet because we have chosen to partner with these ministries, we are able to plant these churches because we believe that the local church is the hope for the world. That is where people will come and find Jesus and be discipled and their lives will be changed and touched. And so this week, we are talking about number three, our third mission here at the Grace Place, and that is defending the orphan. And if you can't already tell, this is something that I am incredibly passionate about. I am so passionate about defending and caring for the orphan. But after today, um, as we look at Scripture and you hear the message, I hope that you will realize that it's not just something that I am passionate about, but it's actually something that God is passionate about. It is something that God is passionate about. So let's take a look at our scripture text, this is the scripture we've been using for this series, Love Your Neighbor. Um, if you have your Bible or your Bible app, go ahead and turn to Mark chapter 12, verses 29 through 31. And it's also gonna be up on the screen so we can all read along together. It says this, Jesus replied, The most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. Love your neighbor as yourself. You know, one of the ways that I believe we are called to love our neighbor is through defending and caring for the orphan. You know that word defend, it means to protect from harm or danger. So I want to ask this question today and hopefully answer it for you as well. Why? Why should we defend the orphan? Why should we care for the orphan? Why is it so important? Why are we so passionate about this here at the Grace Place? In your notes this morning, number one, why do we need to defend the orphan is this out of obedience to the scripture. Out of obedience to the scripture, you know, James 1, 22 says, but don't just listen to God's word, you must do what it says. So in order for us to do what it says, we probably need to know what it says, right? What does it say? What does the scripture say about defending and caring for the orphan? You know, throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, there are so many scriptures where God challenges us and charges us and mandates us to care and defend the orphan. So this morning, I'm not going to share all of them, but I want to share a few, just so you can kind of get a framework for where I'm coming from today. Isaiah 117 says, Learn to do good, seek justice, help the oppressed, defend the cause of the orphan, and fight for the rights of widows. Defend the cause of the orphan, it says it right there. In Exodus 22, 22 and 23, it says, you must not exploit a widow or an orphan. If you exploit them in any way and they cry out to me, then I will certainly hear their cry. The orphan must be important to God, right? Because he's like, man, you mess with them, don't mess with them, I will hear their cry, I will defend them, I want you to do it, but if you don't, then I'm coming, right? Psalm 82.3 says, give justice to the poor and the orphan. Uphold the rights of the oppressed and the destitute. And my favorite scripture when it comes to talking about orphan care is James 1.27. It says, pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. Pure and genuine. How many of you want to be pure and genuine, right? In our religion and in our relationship with the Lord. You see, we aren't just talking about orphan care this morning because it's some hot topic. We're not just talking about it because it's trendy for the church to be involved in these social justice issues today. No, we're not talking about caring for orphan because it's cool. We're talking about caring for the orphan because it's biblical. It is biblical. You see, why should the church defend and care for the orphan? Number one, out of obedience to scriptures. Because God tells us to. Because God tells us to. And you know, honestly, we could stop right there. I could close the sermon down and we could all leave today because that should be enough reason, right? But I'm not going to be that parent or God's not that kind of parent probably that would respond to you and just say, because I said so, right? <laughs> Why should we do it? You know, Ellie asks questions sometimes and I try to give her good answers. But sometimes, you know, you just have to pull that because I said so card. Um, we're not going to pull the because I said so card, even though that is enough, Right? Scripture says it, so we should do it. So, But I want to give you a couple more reasons this morning as to why we should defend the orphans. So number two, because we were all once orphans. Because we were all once orphans. You might be looking at me and going, Krista, what are you talking about? You know, I was raised with a, a great family and, and two parents. I, I, don't, I was never an orphan. Well, maybe not physically, but spiritually. We were all once orphans. In the Bible, in Galatians chapter four, verses four through seven, it says this. But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own own children. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. Now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. Man, isn't that exciting today? We are not We are God's kids. He has adopted us. Ephesians 1, 5, and 6 says, God decided in advance to adopt us into his family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. See, today, you gotta remember, we were all, once orphans. We were all orphans once. There are no natural born Christians in the kingdom of God. It's only through adoption. If you are a Christian today, if you are a believer of Christ, it is because of God's adopting love that you are a part of this family. The family of God, the church, is a family of adopted brothers and sisters. And let me just remind you today God didn't adopt us. He didn't adopt you. He didn't adopt me because we were so great, because we were so attractive, and we just had all these things that we had to bring to the table. No, the opposite. You see, God didn't adopt us because of our merits. He adopted us because of his mercy. It's only because of his mercy that we are allowed to be a part of the family of God, that we are adopted. You see, the gospel teaches us that because we once were the orphan, that we should identify with them. And when we identify them, then we should be the people who have the greatest compassion for them. Right? Because we identify, we were the orphan, and so we should identify with them, and we should have the greatest compassion for them. Remember, in week one, Pastor talked about the difference between sympathy and compassion. Because you know what? Sympathy, it can make you shed a tear. It can make you feel bad or feel sorry for someone. But compassion will actually move us to reach out a hand, to do something. To not just hear the word and feel bad, but to do something with it. So since we as believers know what it's like to be an orphan, then we should be moved with compassion to reach out a hand and help them, right? Believers, we should be the number one lover of all the people. We should. Christians, we should beat the world every single time when it comes to care, when it comes to compassion, when it comes to love, when it comes to help. We should be number one. But why is that not always the case? I, I'm not trying to come down on anyone today, but honestly, sometimes when I look at how the world works and how it runs, I don't always see the church and always see the believers as being the number one carer and lover of all the people. So when I thought about that question, like, why, why is that? The only, the only thing I could come up with, the only reason I could think of was that maybe we have forgotten where we came from. Maybe we've forgotten where we came from. Maybe we've allowed our hearts to become so callous to, to the needs of the world around us. Maybe we've allowed that um, self-righteousness or pride to creep in. And we've just forgotten who we would be without him, right? I believe that when we remember and we recognize who we are apart from God's grace, we can't help but to be moved with compassion for others. Our hearts will be opened to the needs. You see, when we remember who we were before God so graciously and mercifully adopted us, we realize this. We realize that we aren't superior to the poor we were the poor. We aren't superior to the blind because we were the blind. We, weren't, we aren't superior to the lame because we were the lame. And we are not superior to the orphan because we were the orphan. You see, we don't deserve a seat at the table. And yet here we are. We don't deserve it, but here we are, and because of that, that should motivate us to see others receive what we have been given, that love, that grace, that mercy that we have received. We should want that for others. When we truly understand grace, I believe we will serve, and we will give, and we will sacrifice, and we will love, not out of duty or obligation, but out of joy and out of Gratitude and thankfulness. You know, the scripture we read in James 1 it, it called us to care for orphans in their time of distress. There's another translation um, that reads, In their time of affliction. Can we talk about that for a moment? Let me tell you something that distress and that affliction is real. It is real. My dad talked a little bit about um, Sean and I and and how two years ago, we were able to have two little boys come and live with us. They stayed with us for a year. We fostered them. They were a part of our family. And it was honestly um, one of the toughest years we ever walked through. It was very, very challenging, but it was also very, very rewarding. And, you know, when our boys came to us, uh, the oldest was not quite three years old and the baby was six months old. And they were both uh, born with drugs in their system. And so they had already been exposed to that. And, and the crazy thing was, uh, the three-year-old, when he came to us, we were actually his fourth home. And the six-month-old, we were his third home. So in their short little lives three years, six months, they had been bounced around in and out of four and three different homes. They had no stability. They had no consistency. They had, you know, can you imagine just waking up one morning and all of a sudden you're in a new place and you don't have the same mom that you did yesterday or you don't, you know, the people caring for your needs, it's it's completely and utterly disruptive, right? Right? In their short little lives, they had already been exposed to drugs. They had been exposed to abuse and severe neglect. And all of this trauma that they endured, it it was not their fault, right? I mean, they were just babies. That distress and that affliction, it exists. And let me tell you something else. The crazy thing is that the experience these boys had would actually be considered mild, in the world of foster care. What they went through like to us is like earth shattering, like how in the world, but to people who deal and work in foster care, it it was considered mild. You know, the stories that we heard while we were taking our training classes to become um, foster parents, they would blow your mind and incredibly just break your heart because the distress, the affliction, it, it is real. But you know what, it's not just here. It's not just found here in the States in our foster care system. It's actually found around the world. I mean, many of you, I'm sure, have seen pictures or videos, but there's nothing like seeing it up close in person. And I've been on uh, many missions trips where I've gotten the opportunity to go into um, orphanages where these children, they have absolutely no hope for adoption or or to ever be adopted into a true family. And and we would go into these places and we would bring food and maybe candy or games and play with the kids and love them and talk to them about Jesus. And, And we'd only be there for a couple of hours maybe. But when we would leave, these little kids would wrap their arms around your legs or wrap their arms around your neck and they would beg you to take them home with you. You just met them. All you did was come and bring, you know, a little bit of a love, a little bit of care. And they latch onto that and they would beg for you to take them home. You see, these are heartbreaking, horrible, awful situations. It's distress. It's affliction. And yet, as bad as these situations are, God has delivered us from an even worse situation. Because that's just an earthly need. But God actually delivered us spiritually to have eternity with him to be adopted into his family. So as bad as those situations are, God has delivered us from even worse. And because of that, that should fuel our obedience to care for the least of these That should fuel us. You see, because we have been adopted, we have the power and we have the hope to serve this broken world. We have it in our hands. So, why do we defend the orphan? Number one, out of obedience to scripture. Number two, because we were all once orphans. And finally, this morning, number three, as an act of worship. As an act of worship. Matthew 25, 35 and 40 says this. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Every orphan, no matter great or small, they have the face of Jesus. They have the face of Jesus, and we have the opportunity to serve Jesus, to worship God through caring and defending them. You know, I heard a story about Mother Teresa, and honestly, I'm not sure if it's a completely true story or if it's been exaggerated throughout the years, but it's just such a powerful illustration that I want to share it with you today. The story goes like this. There was a reporter who was doing an interview with Mother Teresa and, and he was following her around in her daily duties and activities. And, and she took this reporter um, down to the slums uh, of India to, to see the, the destitute and where she worked every single day. And as they arrived there, They got out, and and Mother Teresa began to run towards this sick and this crippled man who was laying in the street. And as she was running after him, she was calling out to the reporter, and she was saying, I found him! I found him! I found him! I found him! When the reporter reached Mother Teresa, he said, Who is it? Who, Who is this man? And she replied, It's Jesus. Jesus. You see, when we care for the orphan, we aren't just helping a tangible and a physical need, we are actually serving God. It is an act of worship. Worship is more than singing a few songs on Sunday mornings. Worship is a lifestyle of obedience and service to the Lord. And when we care for the orphan, that is an act of worship. You know, we as a church, we may not be able to completely solve the orphan crisis all over the world, but I'm here to tell you today that everything that we do matters when we do it in the name of Jesus, no matter how great or small it matters when we do it in Jesus' name. You know, this message is not meant to guilt or pressure you into becoming foster parents or into adopting. Because honestly, we're not all called to foster. We're not all called to adopt. But we are all called to do something. We are all called to do something. And you know what, there might be a couple of you here today or even watching online that that God is tugging at your heart. The Holy Spirit's just kind of pulling you a little bit towards fostering or adopting. And and I wanna encourage you, don't take that nudge lightly. Do something about it right away, because I promise you, once the, once the feelings and the emotions go away, you know, it'll be easy for you to dismiss and be like, oh, you no, know, no, no, no. So today, as you leave in the lobby, um, Heather Oral, our orphan care director, will actually be out in the lobby, and, and she can just kind of, you're not signing away anything. Don't get scared. She'll just connect you um, and help you do your next steps right? Your next steps and and just kind of give you some information. But if the Lord's speaking that to you today, please, please, please don't, don't just push it to the side. There are kids that need you. But like I said, this, this message isn't just for that because, you know, not everyone can foster. Not everyone can adopt. Not everyone should foster. Not everyone should adopt, but you know what? What can you do? What can you do? How can we do our part to be in obedience to God's call to defend and care for the orphan? You know, it's as easy as maybe you could babysit, do respite care and, and babysit in order to give foster families um, a break because it's 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 hard being in the trenches. It's hard. and They might need a break or, or you could, maybe you're a good cook and you could bring a meal so that they don't have to cook that night. Or, or maybe, you know, you're a teacher and you could offer to tutor some of these kids in foster care. I talked about how our boys had been passed around and around and around. Can you imagine if they were school age, that would have been four schools that he would have been in in, in that short amount of time. So a lot of times they get behind. So maybe you're a teacher. Maybe you could tutor and, and help. I don't know what it is. You see, we all have individual time and talents and treasure that God has given us. So, how can we use what God has given us to help? defend and care for the orphan you know at the grace place we say it all the time we are caring people caring for people and one of the ways that we do that is by partnering with these caring ministries all over the world you know you heard from phased in today we have talked about family first you know what these guys are on the front lines of of defending and caring for the orphan so so when you give in the offering next week You are actually partnering with them. That that is your treasure that you are giving in order to help defend and care for the orphan. So why should we defend the orphan? Number one, because out of obedience to the scriptures. Number two, because we were all once orphans. Number three, as an act of worship. Our takeaway for the message today is really simple. It's just... God cares for the orphan, and so should we. God cares for the orphan, and so should we. Don't you want to care about what God cares about? I want my heart to be in line with him. I want my heart to be in line with his heart. God cares for the orphan, and so should we. I just want to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes this morning. I never want to miss out on an opportunity for someone to be able to accept Jesus into their heart and into their life. You know, maybe you are here today and, and you're still a spiritual orphan. Maybe you haven't allowed God to adopt you into his family. Well, I'm telling you, today is day. You know, he loves you so much and he doesn't want to leave you where you are. He desires to be your father and for you to be his child. He has great plans for your life when you choose to surrender it to him. So this morning, really quickly, I just want to give an opportunity. Is there anyone here today? Would you just raise your hand and say, I I want to be saved. I want to be adopted into the family of God. Anybody here today? We'll just take a moment online i'm talking to you as well today is your day if you have not allowed god to adopt you into his family and chosen him you know ephesians 2 and 8 says that it for it is by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not from yourselves it is a gift of god so today If you want to make that decision to be saved, to be adopted into God's family, the scripture says that all you have to do is put your faith in the grace of God. If you want to make that decision today, I want to ask you to say this prayer with me. And it's not a magic prayer, but it's just an expression of what's going on in your heart. It's basically you proclaiming that you are putting your faith in Jesus. And I'm going to ask everyone to repeat this prayer with me so that not a single person is is singled out or, or feels embarrassed. But I want us all to pray this today. Repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I thank you that by dying on the cross, you did for me what I could never do for myself. Today I declare, I am placing my faith in your grace for my salvation. I confess of my sins and I ask you to cleanse me. Thank you that today I am adopted into your family. You are my father, and I am your child. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, I'd love to just pray over everyone today as we close. I, I hope that, that this message will stir in you to make a stand, to care and to defend the orphan, not just because, you know, it's something that the, the grace place believes in, but because it's something that God believes in let me just pray for you today god god i just i just ask that you would stir in our hearts a great desire to love our neighbor you know we know this is obviously very important to you because you actually listed it as the second greatest commandment after loving you. So so show us ways that we can better effectively love the people that you put in our path every single day. God, I just ask that you would give us a heart, that we would see the needs around us, and we would not only be touched with sympathy, but God, let us be moved with compassion to act and to reach out and to partner with you and what you are doing. God, let us not just be hearers of your word, but let us be doers. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.